Again, we welcome you to Triumph West. Great to have you here as we uh, step into a, a new season heading into the fall. Uh, this is uh, a fall that I'm going in, kind of my eyes are a little bit like this. Uh, really can't quite wrap my head around uh, what the fall and the, the months coming is going to exactly look like. What it's, what it's caused me to do um, is pray really hard and look to Him. In my devotions uh, just earlier this week, as I'm just praying, Lord, we're not quite sure how everything's going to work out here. But one of the verses said, look to the Lord and to His strength. And in the, in the process of just praying, one of the names of God just came back to memory. Jehovah Jireh. It means the Lord, my provider. So I opened up my Bible, went back to the book of Genesis and read uh, where that name of God originated in the story of God working in the life, in the life of one of those who had come to believe him. See, we believe that the word of God, the truth of God intersects in the everyday of our lives. And we find that to be the hope we cling to. So if you have your Bible, Genesis chapter 22, if you forgot your Bible, it's on your phone. You can look there probably. We also have it printed in the worship folder. A disturbing portion of Scripture. So part of this you're going to go, what? What? Are you kidding me? Let's read as uh, you can follow along as I read. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Let's pray. Lord, this is a portion of scripture that's really hard for us to understand as we read it. 
we have more understanding because of what we know now, but in the face-on reading of this, Lord, we, we read it and go, what? That can't be right. So, Lord, would you come by your Holy Spirit today and speak to our hearts? Remind us, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. So, um, praying about this fall and having this name of God come to mind uh, turned out to be really important on many levels. The Lord, my provider. So it was a week ago this past Tuesday, uh, my wife and I were supposed to be on vacation. We had an errand to run, so we came into town, uh, decided after our errands, go to a movie, sitting in the movie, my phone starts buzzing. I did shut it off, but it was still buzzing. And so I slid it out and it said, FWPD, West Fargo Police Department. I'm going, no, you've got to be kidding me. See, the ladies in the office were supposed to send out a note that says, Vernon Casey are out of town, resting, don't call them unless something horrible happens. And I'm going, oh, really? And then my phone quit. And then Casey started buzzing. We went, "Uh uh-oh, this can't be good. So Casey got up, ran out of the theater, and in just a few moments she came back and she's going like this. And uh, so I got up and said, what's going on? And she said, there's been an accident. You've got a number to call. The number was for a chaplain at Essentia Hospital. And uh, we toured the emergency room because one of my relatives, my first cousin, was there. Here's what had happened. My cousin Deb uh, had been having a late lunch with a friend and decided to stop at Hornbacher's on 32nd Avenue, uh, Fargo. And she parked her car, and she's walking into Hornbacher's. And as she's about halfway to the entrance, she hears squealing tires, starts to turn, and sees a car coming at her. It had just bounced off a cab so hard that a person in the cab broke their ankle. The cab, the car continued to come. Deb couldn't get out of the way. It hit her, and she went flying. The car continued through the parking lot, crossed the street, hit a parked car so hard it slammed it into a guardrail and sheared off seven posts, driven by an 84-year-old who had lost control of her vehicle. And my cousin was laying there just in front of the entrance. When I got there uh, to the emergency room, unbelievably, she was conscious, found out what had happened basically between her and the the officer that was uh, doing the report. She had bleeding on the brain. She had multiple broken ribs. Um, Her pelvis was broken. Her femur was broken just above her knee, which by the way had been replaced a couple of years before. Really complicated. Uh, One of her ankles was in a apparatus just trying to hold it in place. We're not sure everything there. So I went and got her mom who was visiting here. She's 90, my aunt. We went back to the ER and and basically there till about 10 o'clock that night. 
I woke in the morning to see that I had missed a call. At some time after midnight, they had taken my cousin in because there was internal bleeding, and they had to deal with about three different places internally that were bleeding, including a laceration in the appendix, just because the impact had been so hard. When we got back to the hospital, my cousin was heavily sedated. She was intubated. Uh, this was a week ago this past Tuesday. And we didn't get a chance to talk to her again for days. And we didn't know how things were going to go. And so we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and Jehovah Jireh came back to mind. The Lord, my provider. The God whose name reminds us of who he is. You know, for the Hebrew people, the name of God was so holy, they would not even speak that name. And yet we find many names for God in the Old Testament. Words, names that are descriptive of who he is. And from Genesis 22, this incredible name for God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, the Lord who sees to it. And as we prayed for my cousin, we looked to Jehovah Jireh the Lord who provides. We were counting on the fact that the God who revealed himself as the great provider would somehow provide in a situation that we thought looked pretty hopeless. That's where Abraham found himself. Abraham found himself hearing a word from God that he he couldn't have possibly understood completely. In fact, the word he got from God was asking him to do something that didn't make any sense at all. You remember the story of Abraham. He had been promised the blessing of God. God said, through you and your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And finally, after years of waiting, in fact, Abraham's a hundred years old when the promise is finally fulfilled. A child's born, Isaac, the child of promise. And now, these years later, God would say, I want you, Abraham, to take your son, your only son who you love, and sacrifice him? What? Now, just, just understand this. The revelation of God is a progressive revelation. He reveals himself to us in the beginning. And the longer we get to know him, the more he reveals himself. Today, we have the word of God. We have the Bible. God's revelation to us. When God said this to Abraham, they didn't even have the law of God. Moses had not been given the law. Somehow, God spoke to Abraham and he understood. What Abraham did, though he didn't understand completely was what God was asking him to do. <clears throat> it's pretty amazing. He, in obedience, did what God called him to do. He did what God called him to do even though he didn't understand it. 
at the moment. Do you know that we run into moments like that in our lives? Maybe not to this degree. But the times when life doesn't make sense, when we're struck with fear and panic and worry, we have a choice to make. Will we take God at His word, believe who He has revealed Himself to be, or will I just get overwhelmed by the craziness of the situation? God said, go to the area of Moriah. He would end up at Mount Moriah, which interestingly, years later, a city would be built up around that area. And there on Mount Moriah, a temple would be built where sacrifices would be made, all pointing to one day when the ultimate sacrifice would be made. But that Abraham couldn't possibly have known about at that time. He just knew that God had spoken to him and he trusted God, though it didn't make sense. We get insight into this later in the New Testament. Galatians says, so Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And in Hebrews 11, listen to what it says. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. What looked to be an impossible request that didn't make sense, Abraham believed God. You get a little insight into it if you go back and read when he says to his servants concerning him and Isaac, we will go to the mountain and worship and we will come back. He wasn't just schmoozing them. Somehow Isaac, he knew was in the hand of God, and if he would simply obey, God was faithful and able, and God would fulfill his promise. God would do what even Abraham couldn't possibly understand. You see, there are times like that in our lives. As I've been thinking through my cousin and what she went through, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, would this not have been easier if my cousin would have just gotten to Hornbacher's about three seconds later and could have been walking and went, whoo, that was close, simple. But that's not what happened. But what happened has caused us to look way beyond ourselves crying out to the God who alone can do what we can't do. Maybe you're going through a situation like that right now. You don't know why something's happened. You don't know how you're going to get through this. I know that place. And that's why we look to the one who has revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. If you're following along, verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. He placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. 
And Isaac spoke to his father and said, Dad, yes, my son, I see the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And what Abraham would say would be a word prophetic. When he would say to his son, the Lord will provide the lamb. He couldn't have known then how God would fulfill that word. But as you turn to the New Testament, you will hear a prophet in the New Testament point to Jesus and say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That Abraham, through his son Isaac, was getting a glimpse of what God would ultimately do. If, if you read the rest of the story, you'll hear that Abraham, in obedience, took his son to the mountain, bound him, laid him on the wood, raised the knife, and as that knife was about to come down, the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham, don't harm the child. I know now that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son. And as Abraham would look up, he would see a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. And that ram would become the ram of sacrifice and Isaac, his son, would be spared. What's so amazing is that one, God, one day God would say to the world through the writer of the Gospel of John this, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. Abraham got a glimpse that God, Jehovah Jireh, is the God who can provide even when it doesn't seem to make sense. And Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, is the one we look to today. Paul would write, to the church in Rome these words what shall we say then in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things do I believe that Jehovah Jireh lives today. That the Lord, my provider, continues to provide. I went to see my cousin Deb. I opened the 23rd Psalm and I read to her, she couldn't speak yet, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. There were tears in the room. Mine, Deb's sister, Pam, her mom, tear from Deb. She was hearing. She was beginning to respond. The next day, another pastor from another church showed up. You know what he felt led to read? The Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) I shall not want. Why? Because the Lord, the shepherd, is the great provider. We were beginning to see a miracle happen. The breathing tube came out right away. We're really concerned because we're not even sure cognitively how things are going. But little by little, we began to see rays of hope. Let me tell you what happened. Praying, Lord, what can I share? My cousin Pam, her sister, had said, some good things are starting to happen. I went up and I, I read these verses from Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Now, let me just say this before I re- say the next verse. My cousin Deb, the one so beat up and wounded, always had a wacky sense of humor. So I'm reading, and I get to this part of Philippians 4. Make your requests known unto God. And out of my cousin Deb's mouth blurts, Diet Pepsi. I went, what? And, and her mom said, what did she say? And Pam, her sister, said, oh, for funny. She heard you say, make your requests known to God. And she said, Diet Pepsi. A doctor came in. I said, I got to tell you what just happened. We're reading these verses and my cousin in response to make your request known to God says, Diet Pepsi. Doc, is there any way we can get her Diet Pepsi? The doc looks at me, looks at my cousin Deb who's looking back at her and says, I think we could dip a swab into a cup and maybe let her taste some Diet Pepsi. Did you know Sanford Hospital is a Coca-Cola only hospital? (laughs) I found out. I had to run to the Casey store, get a bottle of Diet Pepsi, come back. We got cups for everybody, poured some in a cup and they dipped a swab and put it on in Deb's mouth. And you know what? She said, Diet Pepsi, praise Jesus. Is that incredible? God was at work, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider, showing up when we didn't even know how to pray anymore. God sees your deepest need. Oh, he sees all the needs of our lives, but so often we don't even understand the deepest need. And the deepest need, the first need, the primary need for people like me and you is to have God intervene to deal with our sin once and for all. It's why we believe that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And if God is able to meet that great need of your life, He is able to meet all the needs of your life and mine. My cousin Deb's getting better. She's had surgery on her back. She survived Tuesday 
the leg surgery. Pray for her. But today, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, reminds us of how ultimately He has provided by sending His Son. And He invites us to come to Him.